Disclaimer, I do not own the Tekken series, nor do I own the Tekken characters themselves. These are all owned by Bandai Namco and Namco themselves. Please support their official releases, and please enjoy your listen. Thank you. Hello everybody, welcome back to the Fighting Game Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Perez, and today I'm still here with Mr. Gum. So everybody, uh, today we're talking about Tekken 4, and I'm super excited because it's an interesting game, for one. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely the black sheep in the series, but, you know, it's interesting. It's definitely an interesting game to talk about because it's funny how a lot of people talk about 5 and 3 and just kind of leave 4 to their own devices. I still kind of find that a little funny in retrospect, but hey, at least we're covering it today for you guys for the Tekken Marathon. And this marks that we are now halfway through the Tekken series. Well, a little bit over half of half. Yeah, at least for the canon games anyway. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, let's just move right on in and start with the development history of Tekken 4. Alrighty, so the development history of this game, this game was developed and published by Namco. The producer of this game was Hajime Nakitani. Um, the project directors were Masahiro Kimoto, Katsuhiro Horada, and Yuchi Yonamori. Um, the project supervisors were Yashihiro Amaguchi. And then this game came out in arcades of August 2001 and then later came to the PlayStation during September 2002. Uh, the console added two palette swaps for um, the console characters of existing characters. Uh, they also added Tekken Force, and this game also just had new graphics. Uh, no, it was a new graphics. It was a new graphics, graphics system that they added into this game. And that's what purposely um, they based around the game. So they kind of took... Uh, forefront away from combos and gameplay and basically just made a whole new graphic system which looks really good <laughs> yeah it does look pretty good um there's some there's still a little bit of awkwardness to it in my opinion yeah it it really did take a while for tekken to look really good um which i'd say started around six maybe yeah um but anyway it still looks pretty pretty good i wish they focused on the gameplay more because um it's it's not it's this is not a bad game this isn't a bad game but if there's a reason why it's not talked about as much as the other games along with being just a black sheep in general yeah yeah but um anyway let's move on to gameplay Alrighty, moving right on the gameplay, I'm going to shotgun through all of the stuff that we already know and then get to the new stuff because the new stuff is definitely the most interesting stuff that they added and took away. Uh, so again, four buttons, left punch, right punch, left kick, right kick, you could block, dash, crouch, hop, run, recovery, diving attacks, throws, running shoulder, stomp, kick, tackle escapes, sidestepping, parries, reversals, and immediate parries. Um, and then moving on right to the new stuff. I know that was a lot of information, but a lot of the other episodes had that information. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, so, um, environmental hazards, which they would keep on further with this game. Uh, basically you can combo off walls that, or you could keep an opponent in the corner and they would just keep bouncing off. So you can just keep hitting them. 
Yeah, that that sticks. That's a that's a thing that sticks around in the future. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I I know I know I take advantage of that kind of stuff when I play Tekken Seven. I know definitely a lot of people do, and yeah. this definitely was a good addition. Uh, depending on who you see, because if because this uh, adds another level to gameplay where it's just like, okay, if I get stuck in that corner, I'm gonna be dead. Yeah, you're 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 screwed. Yeah, if you get out of that corner, you're just super lucky. Yeah. <laughs> It, it, I don't know how they either messed up or you just got lucky. Yeah. But um, environmental hazards, environmental hazards would stay, and I'd say this is an interesting change, uh, for gameplay. Just to be like, okay, stay clear of that corner, otherwise I am dead. Yeah. Um, and then they got rid of superchargers, which was basically a buff to your moves. Uh, they got rid of this, but then they brought it back in five. I know yeah. that might be cutting it early, but hey. That's just an interesting thing. Um, so you can move before the match starts, which... Which stays around for some no. games. It does it? I think it... I'm pretty sure it stays in Tekken 7. Um, actually, yeah, I think it... Yeah, it might. Um, I just know that it was mainly exclusive to this. I know 5 and 6 didn't have it. Yeah, Tekken 7 had it. I know that for sure, because I played it recently. Gotcha. Well, yeah, um, that was an interesting change to see them do, moving before the match starts. Yeah. I definitely made things super broken. (laughs) It did make things a little broken, but, you know, it's it's whatever, it's whatever. Yeah, um, let's see, they toned down combos and sidestepping. Uh, you can now sidewalk, which is actually pretty interesting. I uh, still prefer sidestepping. <laughs> you can only uh, jump forward. Uh, you can't crouch walk back. And then, um, yeah, those are all the new changes. Uh, the gameplay does feel nice. It feels smooth, even though the graphics engine does take away from it a bit. I kind of... I, I, the only thing I don't really like is that they... It, the gameplay did kind of suffer... Because of the, they focused on the graphics. Yeah, it definitely did suffer, but um, like it's not as combo heavy. Yeah, I prefer it being more combo heavy. You know. Yeah, no, I definitely get that too. I was um, trying to do combos and shit, <laughs> and I, I just couldn't. I, I literally couldn't. There was I, I maybe like really short combos, but not mm-hmm. like longer combos. If you know what I'm saying, man. Yeah, I really had no problems with the gameplay. Uh, the gameplay is fine, but um, I know I don't talk about a lot of the competitive stuff, but this one really just kind of stuck out to me. So in tournament play, uh, basically uh, Jin was the only viable character to use um, because when I was doing research for this game, every competitive player uh, basically used Jin because he had like the fastest pokes because uh, back then uh, jabs weren't universal. And didn't have, like, the seven startup. Yeah. And they all started differently. Uh, Jin and Steve's were basically the fastest. I kind of hate when they make it to where basically this one character is literally the only viable character from competitive play. Yeah. Because it's so boring to watch competitive when everyone's choosing the same exact character. There's a reason why in Injustice 2, um, like... Wasn't it fucking Aquaman? Yeah, that was, that was being chosen. A- Aquaman Trident Rush. Yeah, Aquaman's Trident Trident Rush was literally the only thing that made him good, and that's why people kept choosing him in competitive yeah. play, and it got boring just watching it. Yeah, and definitely this is where like competitive players are like either like okay, uh, we're either going to ban the character because we see too much of him, or we're just not going to do it at all because basically all the top players would basically just leave. 
Yeah, because it's, it's just boring. It's yeah. really boring. Um, I did look up a tournament for this to see my sources, and granted, this was like no commentary, no nothing. It was just the tournament itself. I saw four Jins, and I saw one Paul and one Zhao Yu being played. Yeah, that's that's not really good for tournament play. Yeah, and funny enough, I saw... Wait, no, I saw one, two... No, never mind. I take that back. I saw four. Mm. And I didn't watch the full thing because... Yeah, I didn't want to see how many Jins that there were going to be. <laughs> yeah, seeing Jin fight Jin is just going to get boring after That was match number three. Yeah. That was, <laughs> yeah, so it is definitely crazy to see like how tournament-wise like, this game was like, oof. It reminds me of the first game in ways, where it's just like, why would we go back to this? Yeah. That's, that's one of the reasons why I like Tekken 7 so much, is because like the... There's so many characters. Yeah. So many different characters, and they all feel really, really different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but overall, the gameplay uh, does feel nice. I don't really have problems with it. My moves come out, which I've been having problems with doing in the original trilogy, especially during the kick ones, because I either didn't wasn't doing anything right or just something didn't happen. But in this game, I didn't feel that problem at all, and I felt all the moves were nice and smooth and just... I don't know, they just felt like they all worked, which I was like, okay, good. Again, it's not a bad game. I, I was able to pick up law pretty quickly, as I usually do when I play games that don't have the characters I main. <laughs> but yeah, um, overall, this game was uh, definitely um, interesting gameplay-wise. Uh, definitely some interesting changes to the formula. Uh, but it did bring a lot of interesting things to it, too. Yeah, like, again, the... Environmental hazards. Yeah, environmental hazards were pretty nice. I'll give them that, because we we wouldn't have them today in current Tekken games if they didn't, you know, keep them around. Not only that, but also expanding on them a lot, too. Yeah, they were expanded on a crap ton. Mm. Um, Like, I remember, like, some stages in games, you could, like, fall through the floor, Mm. or you could get knocked off into a different platform. Yeah, so it definitely, like, improved a lot. And overall, even though the gameplay might not be the best, it is still fun to play it once in a while, I believe. I mean, I'd probably rather play Tekken 5. (laughs) (laughs) That's a review later, buddy. (laughs) But anyway, let's... I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it. I'm just saying Tekken 5's better. Anyway, but let's move on to the music. Moving right along to music, the composers for this game was Akitaki uh, Toyama, uh, Yumiaki, Sotoro Kyosuke, Hiroshi Okubu, and Kike um, Kobayashi. Uh, so this music is definitely interesting. I think it's nice. I think it's pretty nice. The, it's calming. It's ambient. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very different from the other Tekken soundtracks, but it's yeah, definitely yeah. not bad. It's also a lot slower in tempo with a lot of the music tracks, with some being exceptions to that. Yeah. But like a lot of them are slower tempo and just... Yeah, they are really good. Uh, and every single character actually has a different ending theme. Which I find actually kind of interesting. That's, that's pretty cool. I didn't get to see all the endings, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, overall, this music is a pass. I'd, I'd give it a pass. Pass. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd probably listen to this to calm down. Oh, well, no, not like like a pass. Like, pass, like, don't listen to it. Like, listen to it. Like, it gets a pass. Te- Tekken 1 and Tekken 2 didn't get the pass. Oh. <laughs> 
Okay, that kind of pass. I'm dumb. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm kind of dumb, guys. I'm a little slow, tiny pea brain. D- the, don't mind me. The English language is such an interesting language. <laughs> but um, overall, I'd definitely say listen to this music. This is like chill beats to study to music. You mean most of beats them to, to study to <laughs> chill beats to study to guys. But overall, I definitely say I recommend um, listening to the soundtrack because it is definitely better than one and twos. Yeah. Um, threes. Threes is debatable. Yeah. Three, I think three has the better soundtrack. Listen, we can all, we can all fight all, all day that three might be the better game, but music wise four could take its crown. <laughs> I mean, maybe. But um, overall, that's what I think. Uh, Tekken 4's soundtrack, yep, is good. And is there anything else to say about the soundtrack? Or no, it's kind of it's kind of off topic. But yeah. I need to start like listening to these damn soundtracks before <laughs> we 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 start recording these podcasts. Because like, I, I don't know. It's just when I'm playing the game, it's hard to focus on the soundtrack. <laughs> I know, it definitely is, unless I'm singing along with it. Unless it's vocal themes, and I'm like... Like, I was gonna, I was gonna, like, I was literally gonna listen to it last night. Then I fell asleep. See, see, I need, I need to fucking do this. I need to, like, listen to it before we start the podcast. But luckily, he has listened to it during gameplay. Yeah. Just not well. Just, yeah, again, not well. I have But ADHD. enough to where he picked it up. My ADHD brain, I, I, I literally can't stand it. Focusing is so hard. I, I'm not joking, guys. Luckily, he picked it up before we did start this and listened to a couple. So. Yeah. Anyway, uh, enough with music. Let's move on to the looks of this game. All right, so moving on to the looks of this game, and I'm sorry again that I had to keep up with saying this, but... This is probably the longest segment uh, because of how many people I have to go through. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. There's a lot of people on that damn page. Pages. Pages, actually. Ne- never mind. <laughs> yeah, but um, overall, here we go. So the art director was Yoshinari Mizuma. Uh, the character design director was Toki um, Yuji Kawama. Uh, and then the uh, people who helped him were um, Takihito uh, Suchia. Uh, Jen Kawayami, um, Akiho Wananabe, uh, Kazuzuki Isawa. Uh, the pre-renders were um, Kenji Kumura, Shochi Suzumura. Um, the facial animator was um, Kanzuki Fujimoto. The stage design director was Hiroko um, Kawage. And then the people who helped him were um, Chiho Kasai, uh, Yuko Mishiguchi, Yosuke Saka- Sakatata, uh, Yutaka Goto, uh, Suyoshi Endo, uh, Jun Yoshikawa, uh, Daisuke Kawada. Uh, the opening movie, the director was that for was um, Shinjiro Yoda. The ending staff was um, the directors for them were um, Yoshinari Mishizuma, Hiroshi Hiroshi um, Numakami, uh, Shinjiro Yoda, um, Shinichiro um, Shimuze, uh, Yosuka Wanabe. Uh, Miyoko Ogawa and Hiroka Kawagawa. Um, the motion design director was Kazuyawa Takahashi, and the people who helped were, um, oh boy, uh, Kazutoshi Nishimoto, Keiko Sato, uh, Hiroyuki Shira, um, Yoshihisa Yaguchi, Isamu Sawada, Yusuke Shibata, um, Michinori Ozawa. Uh, Nori Katsu Yoshikawa, uh, George Ta- Taguchi, um, 
Kento Kojima, um, Yoshikazu Takano, and Hideki Yamagishi. Oof, quite a mouthful. Anyway, uh, we said this before, but uh, this game does look good. It does look good. Uh, it does look jank at times, and that's for me. That's fair since it's a PS2 game. Yeah, no, it still it... looks pretty damn good, though. I could say I could even say that um, the Tekken games are—they all look good they, to they some all look degree. Pretty good to some degree. Like um, Tekken Three to me looked like a really, really early PS2 game. Mm. Um, I could say Tekken Four and Five. We haven't gotten to Five yet, but I'm just saying they could be really early PS3 games. Yeah, but, f- from how they look. Yeah, I did appreciate how this game looks. Um, the animations are really clean and really smooth. They've always been pretty clean, though, honestly. Mm-hmm. That's something that the... Tekken is just really good yeah, at. The studios never fail at giving the characters good animations. Mm-hmm. Uh, the character designs are good, along with some of their second costumes. Not a lot of their second costumes hit here. <coughs> uh, I remember uh, one, one in particular. Harangs uh, being not a good one. <coughs> um... And then just their overall redesigns, uh, basically just giving Jin more personality, I guess. Yeah, they were trying for that. Yeah. Um, Kazuya staying Kazuya, which I'm glad. Uh, Heihachi. Never change, Kazuya. Never change. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Overall, the character designs in this weren't horrible, although uh, my friend had a problem with King. I don't like how they gave him long hair. Why? Why? What? What's the point? Because, like, okay, so the the tiger mask is supposed to cover up the entire head, okay? Um, so that doesn't make sense as to why his like his long hair is showing. If look, I'm not saying people with tiger masks can't have long hair, but I'm just saying maybe like bundle it up to make it not show under the mask, because it looks terrible. The long hair looks like shit. <laughs> I I'm just saying it. I personally don't mind it. Well, you, my friend, uh, maybe you should, like, see a therapist or something well, to here, fix that here, Here's my defense, guys. It stands out. through all. It's not a good way, though. Not a, not <laughs> pro- okay, probably not in a good way, but it stands out enough to where it's just like, oh, hey, yeah, he's an actual human. He has hair. Well, and yeah, not, you and could not tell just like the tiger mask. You could tell he's an actual human because but looking at his body, you could tell. I, I feel like the hair gives him more personality. See a therapist. <laughs> I mean, this is, coming, God. this is coming from the person who doesn't like Jack. So. <laughs> no. Okay. A lot of people hate Jack. It's not just me. Okay? So stop acting like I'm the only person who hates Jack. Stop it. Yeah, but anyway, um, overall, the designs in this, uh, some of them pending, not being good. But overall, most of them either stayed the same and some redesigns just changed a little thing about the character, which, I mean, granted, looked good. Yeah, except for King's hair. I don't really like that at all. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just don't like how seeing King's hair. Um, the stages look really good, and they really they did look a... look good, they... but there is one problem with them. Yeah. The, the, uh, baby steps. Baby steps. Baby steps. Baby steps. <laughs> okay, fine. But, fine. Um, Jesus. Yeah, all these stages are... Uh, I guess we got onto it now. Uh, the stages are very big and open. They're really big, and sometimes they're shaped really weird. They're very um, slanty. Yeah, they're slanted. Like the jungle stage. Um, there's like the jungle stage, like little, the lab stage. There's like a little dip. The rooftops. It. Yeah, the the jungle stage though. When I, when I, when we were playing that, I felt really disjointed in that stage yeah. because it 
it felt really small, like super duper small. And on top of that, there was like that dip with water and shit. Mm. You know, I felt really disjointed in that stage. I felt really confused. Yeah. I don't. I don't really like the layout of the stages. I'm not saying the stages look bad, but I don't think that. So looking at it from a gameplay wise, the stages themselves are like some of them are way too big. Some, some of, of them are too small. And yeah, yeah. So I I didn't really like playing in the stages. That that was my problem with them. I think they look good. You know, they they look really good. Yeah, they definitely did improve a lot on the graphics. They definitely wanted like the graphics to be like the forefront of it. And, yeah, it definitely is eye-catching because they yeah. look really good. They look really good. It's and just, the, again, I, I can't stand how big or small they are. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they did a really good job with this. But that goes for almost every single Tekken game, though. Yeah. Um, but, overall, uh, the looks are really, really good. And let's move on to the most important part of this segment because everyone loves these guys. The characters themselves. Woo! And here we are, probably one of the shortest segments, unfortunately. Which being... is surprising, because characters usually is a long segment for yeah. these games. Uh, but the reason for that is because there's only really four new characters that we really need to talk about. Yeah. And that really show any importance. Yeah. Um, but overall, this is a pleasant change, because we get to talk about voice acting. We do get to talk about voice acting, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. And uh, luckily, I did find everyone who did work on this, along with Woo! their voices. So up first, we are going to have Brian, who is played by uh, David Scafelli. Yeah, unfortunately, even though I am speaking English, uh, some of the last names are going to screw me over. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I am sorry. Uh, so Brian's voice actor does a good job. I guess so. I, I didn't really get to pay attention to the voices very much. For me, I listened to a couple voice reels, mm. and I listened to the character endings and whatnot, and hearing what they sound like. Um, he does a good job. The one that stood out to me was a uh, Blaze voice actor. Ooh, we'll definitely get to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, let's see, Heihachi is played by uh, Daisuke Gori, and yeah, I'm pretty sure this is the same guy who's played Heihachi. Um... When they did the voice acting. Yeah, it, he still voices Heihachi, doesn't he? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, he does a great job. Don't, never replace that guy. Yeah. He's, he's, he's perfect. I can't imagine Heihachi with any other voice. Honestly, uh, his voice is definitely, like, it's very, like, unique. It's, like... It's, it's, it's noticeable. Yeah, it's not like, like if I heard him in something else, I could probably, like, Whoa, I could probably be like, "Hey, hey, that's that's Heihachi." Yeah, it definitely has that voice because it's very, it's like a booming, powerful voice. Yeah, it's really, it sounds really powerful. It's kind of like if you hear like Dio's Japanese voice actor. Oh yeah, you're gonna, immedi- you're gonna immediately be like, "Oh fuck, that's Dio." Yeah, you know. Um, up next, we have Harong, uh, and his voice actor is um Toshiyuki Morikawa, and. I'll be honest, I didn't really listen to much of Harong's, but um, I believe he, I believe he actually spoke good English, if I, if I'm wrong, which I very much could be, but I remember listening to the endings, and I think he does both Japanese and English, um... I wouldn't know. I don't really know much about these voice actors, to be honest. Yeah. A lot of these voice actors, um, I don't really look for the other roles, because if I did, I would have, like, their whole syllabus on each page. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but overall, um, I believe his voice actor spoke English during his own ending, but um, I can't remember through gameplay if he spoke English. Probably not. 
It's really just grunts and usually. Yeah. And also, and like maybe when he wins, he just speaks Japanese or something. Yeah. So I could be wrong on that. I never really played her wrong, and even said I listened to some of the voice tracks, but I couldn't really get a good depiction. Uh, but overall, his um, English voice was pretty good. Yeah. Um. Up next, we have Jin, played by um Ishin Chiba. And, uh, oh boy. He speaks, he does speak Japanese, okay? He does speak Japanese. But he also speaks, like, bad English as well. Um, During Harong's ending, which is, like, why? Like, because, like, basically Jin's voice acting took away from the direction of Harong's voice acting. Yeah. Because it stuck out to me more that Jin did English, which is really surprising yeah I, i'm glad he doesn't really do that anymore yeah because a lot of these characters in future iterations would stick to their language yeah they, they stick to their native language usually yeah which um, is definitely cool because so, yeah. some characters um i think it's cool that they like based on where the character was born or they were raised they, that's the they, that's yeah. the language they speak and I find that really cool. Yeah. Like, I, I really like that. And, like, it, again, it doesn't really make sense from a story standpoint that everyone understands each other. Yeah. But who cares? It adds it adds charm to Tekken. It definitely does. And not only that, but going the extra mile to do this. Yeah. Especially for, like, later fighters, too. Yeah, because, like, they, they expand. A lot. For what kind of, like, nationalities and uh, different languages that characters speak. So mm-hmm. it's pretty impressive. You know, it definitely is. Um, and then up next we have Julie, who is played by uh, Kimberly Forsyth. Uh, she does a good job. Yeah. And again, a lot of these, they're, it's their first speaking role. Uh, not for Julie, though. Julie got a voice actor in uh, the third one, but... Yeah, in the ending. Yeah. Uh, but overall, a lot of these are their basically like first roles portraying these characters and their first speaking roles. So again, it's hard to tell from like a first performance to like a later performance for a yeah. lot of these. But um, I could say a lot of them were good. Uh, Kazuya was played by Mashinoro Shinohara, which, oh boy, he's such a great voice actor for Kazuya. Holy crap. Yeah. It's the fits. same. He fits. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah, Kazuya's voice actor is really good. He, stay- he, he stays, right? I believe he does, yeah. Because um, his voice did sound pretty much the same from Tekken 7. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's another voice that I could probably like think it, oh wait that's that's Kazuya. it would probably you know? be a little harder it'd be do. a little it'd probably be a little bit harder but i could still probably make out that oh my god that's Kazuya's it would just take it would just take a few like guesses like is yeah. it but hey hachi's would be it, it's enough to where it's like yep yeah that's okay. and then lee going under the alias violet in this game uh he is played by scott renz and uh yeah he does lee he does lee's voices fine yeah that's all I can really, say. Yeah, like I like I said, a lot of these are their first time actually. Yeah, doing this. Um, so this is an interesting one. Uh, not this one, but the next one. So Lee is played by Hiria uh, Ishimara, which I believe, if I'm wrong, he also did English. But it's so it's so hard to like depict like which had English and which didn't because I'm thinking of older Tekken games where there's like, yep, he spoke Japanese or yeah. like, yep, he spoke Chinese. And then it was like, wait a minute, this game because this game kind of mutters the line because sometimes in like the beginning it'll be like it'll be like their national language or whatnot, and yeah. then it'll switch to English, which is very interesting to me. Yeah, I, I, it's why I prefer that they just stick to characters like born and raised language in the future games yeah and then again 
this is also the first game with voice acting, so I could kind of cut it's, it some slack. It's 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 like okay, fine, we'll we'll, we'll let you off the hook. Yeah, Just get your shit together next game. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, for martial law, he's actually played by one of the direct one of the uh, directors. Really, he's played by Katsuhiro Harada. Speaking of, I'm I was happy to see martial law back because <laughs> I like martial law. Yeah, they definitely um, brought back just everyone in general. Uh, Nina is played by um, Liesel Wilkerson, which she does a good job with Nina's voice. Um, Paul is played by Eric Kelso, which, yeah, his voice is also one of those booming voices that you just hear and it's like, yep, that's, that's Paul. Paul. That's, yeah. that's Paul. Holy shit, that's Paul. <laughs> Yoshimitsu is played by uh, Tomokazu Iseki. Um, ah, I'm trying to remember. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm remembering during the ending. Uh, yeah, it's... it. I think they put his voice through a filter uh, somewhat for some of his dialogue, but not all of it. But, um, yeah, he does a good job. Um, I mean, they definitely put his voice through a filter. In later in games, later yeah. Games, especially um, Seven. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yep, definitely. Um, and then up next, we have the non-speaking characters. We have... Uh, King 2, Kuma 2, Panda, and Eddie. And Eddie is a palette swap of the new character that took um, his place, but we'll get to her in a minute. Um, and then we have Xiao Yu, played by uh, Yumi Toma. And Xiao Yu stays in Japanese, I know that for a fact. And yeah, her voice actor does a really good job. And here we are moving on to the new characters themselves. So first up, we have the um, main palette swap of Eddie. We have Christy um, Monte- Montiero, uh, played by um, Zanith Smith. And she does a really good job with Christy's voice actor. Um, so lighthearted, joyful. Christy is the grandchild who basically uh, helped Eddie and taught him capoeira. So back when Eddie was in jail during Tekken 2 to 3... He, uh, the Grand Master of Capoeira taught him to fight Capoeira in jail. Yeah. And then he said, hey, go go take care of my granddaughter. And then this is the granddaughter. And Eddie taught her Capoeira. Yeah. And she picked it up fast. I do prefer Eddie, though. <laughs> That's understandable. Anyway, Eddie taught her Capoeira, and then he suddenly disappears. Yeah, that, that that's something I noticed right off the bat when I played this game. I was like, oh, where's Eddie? Where's Eddie? And then Christy basically enters the uh, ta- enters um, the uh, Tekken Iron Fist Tournament 4 yeah. <laughs> tournament, and then to the find King of Iron Fist, Fist tournament. tournament to enter and find Eddie. Yeah. And that is her main goal during this game. Uh... Christy's an interesting character. She took Eddie's spot up until seven. I still prefer Eddie. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this is. I feel like this is an ongoing debate. Like, which do we prefer, Eddie or Obviously, Christy? Eddie. Come on, I, everyone I feel, loves Eddie. I feel like that's a. I feel like that's. This is like a very split. Like, hmm. Like, no, I think I feel like everyone likes Eddie more personally. I know because I'm wondering because like, why would they replace Christy, or why would they replace Eddie with Christy? For, like, three games later. I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean the fans liked it. Well, no, no, I get I get that, too, but it's also like, huh, like, I don't know, some fans must have, like... Some fans, yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying Christy's a bad character. I like Christy, I, but I prefer Eddie, like, much more. Yeah, I, I'm just I'm just trying to find, like, the medium between this. Yeah. But, um, overall, I mean, Eddie is still a palette swap of Christy. So technically, he still is in the game, just not 
his own fledged character, which yeah. granted would have wasted a slot anyway. But um, overall, it's nice to see that his um conclusion is still in here. Yeah, even if it's just a palette swap. Uh, but anyway, up next we have Combot, which is uh, a mimic fighter that uh, Violet slash Lee made. Yeah, and that's basically about it. Um, I can't wait to talk about his ending though. <laughs> um, anyway, ending. <laughs> and anyway, up next we have uh, Craig Mardock, and I know this is a fan favorite character. Um, so um, he's played by Walter Ward. And uh, yeah, he does a good job. It's very just like oof. Like I don't want to. I don't want to mess with this guy. Yeah. Um. He's short tempered and violent with a huge ego. Uh. He was undefeated in um, Val Val Judo, um, or Tudo, whatever. It's it's such a it's such a weird name. Uh. But anyway, he was in that for four years. Um. He later um got expelled for a scandal. And then he went to a bar, got into a bar fight, and he basically killed Armor King. Uh, Armor King's dead. Yeah, so Armor Armor King now is dead because Mardok was just in a bad mood, basically. Man, Armor King was, like, depressed and shit. Um, and he was, like, a major alcoholic, as I've been mentioning across the series. Mm-hmm. Um, and his eye was, like, fucked. I mean, hey, he was already on death's doorstep. He was literally... Mar- Mardok like, just speed up, sped up the process. He sped up the process, but I don't know. I, I started to like Armor King. Yeah. But, like, it's just kind of sad. Uh, it's kind of interesting how both kings just ended up just <laughs> kicking yeah, the bucket. they both ended up dying. And then got replaced by their successors, but we don't talk about it until uh, Tekken 5. Yeah. Uh, but anyway... um. He went to jail for first-degree manslaughter, and then... Hopefully so, he fucking killed someone. But then after two years, basically, his entire debt got paid. And then an invitation saying, join join the tournament. And he was like, yeah, I got you. And just went to the tournament. Yeah. Um, and then it's actually kind of funny to see in later, later iterations, he actually starts becoming a good guy. I mean, I still kind of have something against him. Because <laughs> he killed Armor King. But, um... Anyway, I do. I actually like Mardok. Um, definitely researching his character more just um, made me more interested in him than I previously did. Um, up next, we have. I'm not sure if he's a fan favorite, but we have uh, Steve Fox, um, played by Ariza J. Stanley. Uh, polite, gentlemanly. Uh, Steve loves to fight in the ring and could sometimes just get cocky. Um, a mafia group told him to lo- lose a fight, and he was like, I'm not going to lose a fight. Because this is a real match. Yeah. Uh, he ended up winning, and then the mafia just basically put a hit out on him, and uh, they just kept trying to uh, shoot him. And he's just been on the run ever since. And then wanting to get back in the limelight again, he joins the uh, Iron Fist Tournament Four just to get back in that limelight and fight. Yeah. And then up next we have the palette swap of Zhao Yu. We have Maharu um, Hirona, uh, which is basically. Um, Xiao Yu's best friend. That, funny enough. That's that, it. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's it. That's literally it. Uh, do we even see her again? We, I do, we do. Okay. Uh, she's played by Eriko Fujimaki. Uh, she's uppy, energetic, and warm personality. And that's basically all I could find. I tried to find more, and I just I couldn't. Yeah, there's not much about her. Like, at all. Yeah. Um, she made it into the tag games, but, I mean, everyone made it into yeah, the tag everyone's games. Everyone's in the tag games. <laughs> it's, like, the, it's the Smash Ultimate of Tekken. Yeah, that's literally it. 
Um, especially if Tag Tournament 2. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, that's basically it for all the characters. Sorry, there wasn't a lot here. Um, but I, I one forgetting but something. one thing that my friend was happy about yeah. when we sat down and played this game, he was wondering, where's Jack? And then I told him with full 100% seriousness that uh, Jack is not in this game. I'm fucking happy. I am so happy. You guys think it's all a joke, probably, but I genuinely hate Jack. And seeing that Jack isn't in this game, I was like, hmm, maybe this game's gonna be really good. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. yeah but, but I was su- happy to see that. I don't like Jack. I just don't like him. Yeah. I hate him. <laughs> Wait till we get the Tekken 5, guys. God damn it. Fuck. <laughs> but anyway, um, overall, even though a lot of the... Just get rid of him. <laughs> even though a lot of the main state characters weren't here, it's interesting to see, it, it was interesting not to see Jack here, though. I'm, I'm just happy about it. Fuck Jack. <laughs> But overall, um, let's stop talking about the characters, and let's move on to one of the most important things about this game, the story itself. One last thing, screw you, Jack, and we can end this segment. Let's move on to the story. And moving right on the story, this story is going to be a bit of a mouthful, but not as much. So Heihachi uh, researching Ogre's blood uh, to create a new life form with his, but uh, apparently he needs the Devil Dean to do that. And he tries to find Jin with no luck, but ends up finding photos of Kazuya, which lead him to the G Corporation. Uh, he sends the Tekken Force to raid the G Corporation's lab in Nepal and Nebraska. Uh, Kazuya beat the Tekken Force and was resurrected by the G Corporation, which basically led him to think that if he unified himself with the devil, he would get true power. So basically, he let G Corporation experiment on his body and just to find the uh, genetics in the um, devil gene that he has. Um, After escaping, uh, Heihachi sets up the King of Iron Fist Tournament 4 to um, lead both Kazuya and Jin here. And the whole time uh, when Jin flew off from uh, Tekken 3, he basically trained for two years to unlearn the Mishima style and just learn OG karate. And then um, Kazuya and Jin go through the ranks. Uh, it was supposed to be Kazuya and Jin during a match. Yeah. But then the matches stop. Really? And then the tournament officials say, Kazuya, move on to Heihachi. And he was like, hmm. This Man, is... this is kind of interesting. Yeah. And there's a reason for this. So he was supposed to fight Jin, but Jin got ambushed by the Tekken Force. And um, if you see this art that they used for like Jin's capture, they shot seven tranquilizer dots darts at him and you could just see him on the ground just like and just seven darts through the chest i'm like jesus that many yeah that many i wonder if that's how many it took to make him fall asleep really goddamn well he was still like like he was like awake during it yeah yeah so anyway um Heiachi took Jin to his secret temple, and then Kazuya, both of them went to the secret temple. Uh, Devil showed his true self. Uh, he took over Kazuya's body, tried to get the rest of his body that left um, from Tekken 2 into uh, Jin. Jin's body. And then um, Jin awakens to his true devil. They both fight. Uh, Kazuya loses, and then Heihachi fights uh, Jin. Heihachi loses, and Jin's about to kill Heihachi, but um, Jin's mother, uh, June, uh, shows up in like uh, kind of like a ghostly form, more or less. Yeah. Um, and then he looks back, and then he regains his consciousness, and is like, "You're lucky you're alive because of my mother," and just flies off. 
Yeah. And then that's where the main story of this game ends. And yeah, not a lot of stuff happens, but it's kind of interesting that this guy, this kind of got a limelight in Tekken 7. Yeah, it's kind of cool too. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, this is definitely an interesting one. Uh, so Jin, again, is also his true ending. But it's also interesting to see that um, basically if Kazuya won this, he just gets the full power of Devil. Yeah. Which, even at the end, is just like, and they were never heard from again. Eventually, <laughs> eventually, the devil doesn't really yeah. show up. It might have been during this game. It might it, no. It might be, maybe during five. It, like, I think it stopped. was five. Yeah, and again, that's a retcon that we'll have to go all the way back for. Yeah, sadly. <laughs> but um. Anyway, let's move on to the character endings because a lot of these are pretty good. So we have Panda, Panda's ending, and she's basically like telling Xiao Yu like, "Go look for Jin." It's basically their ending. That was it. Uh, Brian, he gets a new body uh, thanks to Doctor Boskanovich and uh, Yoshimitsu. Uh, Heihachi captures both Jin and Kazuya. Um, Harang um, basically rematches Jin and they basically fight the cops together. Um, Julie uh, destroys the G Corporation's uh, devil data. Um, King almost kills Mardok when he's in the hospital getting surgery. Damn. But then he sees a picture of um, Mardok's family next to the bed and then he stops himself. Oh my god, fuck. That, that, that's, that's heartwarming. <laughs> and then Kuma 2 basically just stamps papers because he got the, it's one of the most hilarious endings because he keeps like slapping the papers with his hot paws. So he's like, dink, dink. And not only that, Hachi seal of approval. Not, not only that, but also he's basically just dancing along with just slapping the papers and it plays like, this like comedic music. <laughs> Honestly, it's so funny. And then at the end, where he's like signing, like stamping on the documents, the end was like, give everything back to Heihachi. And then he just stamps Heihachi's face. <laughs> it is really funny. Um, Law. With Kuma's great. Law's ending, he basically uh, messes up the restaurant because he got into a fight yeah, with some of the customers. Down after that. Yep, and then he just went to a full on dojo. Yeah, but it's still sad that he lost his restaurant. Unfortunate. But um, it, well, it was started by the customers, though, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, so, fuck those guys. Oh, actually, no, it was started by Lee. Really? Oh, no, Law, yeah. It was started by Law because he was like, this food sucks. And then he just punches him, and then he's just like, this okay. is good. Okay, but it started by the customers. Then. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not... I'm I'm not defending law guys. I swear, I swear. <laughs> I don't I don't support uh, restaurant <laughs> owners uh, punching customers. Just but, kidding, I do. Um, uh, but anyway, up next we have Lee slash Violet, who basically um she sh- he shows off the combat, and then uh, Lee's ending is basically he stops Nina from uh, assassinating her target, and he also busts the syndicate. Yeah. Um, Nina's ending is basically she can't pull the trigger on Steve and we'll get to Steve's ending right now actually. Uh, Steve finds out after the tournament that he is Nina's uh, biological uh, mom. So family tree guys the Nina family tree we have Nina. He said that he figures out he's (laughs) Nina's biological mom. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But anyway Overall, it is definitely interesting to see this, and it came to later revelations too, and expanding on this. Yeah. But again, that's a story for another day. Um, but I, I never knew this, and finding this out was like, what? 
Yeah, you were like, oh, there's a secret. You, there's a secret that uh, I don't know if I want to tell you about yet. Yeah. And, I, and then I was like, just go ahead and tell me. And I'm like, oh, I already knew about that. Yeah. And I'm just, you're just like, what? <laughs> I never knew about this, so I just found that really interesting. Um, let's see. Uh, Paul, he basically gets back on his bike because he basically quit fighting after he left the turn, after he won the whole thing. And then he just basically became a playboy. And then after seeing Marshall's dojo poster of him, he's like, let me go back to fighting. Takes off his sunglasses. He's like, they ain't my style. And then just rides off to the sunset. Based Paul? <laughs> um, Based in Paul film. <laughs> Zhao Yu builds her amusement park. Finally! Yeah! And, let's go. Uh, and uh, let's see. Yoshimitsu basically steals uh, Heihachi's riches. <laughs> and then he flies away spinning his sword. Good. And then uh, probably Chris- gonna give it off to the poor too. No, he will. And then Christy finds Eddie. Uh, Combat. He okay. No, I will leave Combat for last. And Mardok. He basically stops by his old ring. And then we have the new uh, Val to Judo or Tudo uh, champion. And he's like, "Yo, let's go with the fight." And he's just like staying silent. He's like, "Yo, why don't you fight? You're gonna run away." Mardok headbutts the guy. <laughs> he falls to the ground and just becomes unconscious. And he's like. Don't get back up. And then he steps on his body and just walks away. He should have stepped on his balls. <laughs> Can't have children after that. But um, anyway, that was an interesting ending for Mardok. And anyway, we have Combot's ending. Every time you say Combot, I think you say Combot. <laughs> so we have Combot's ending. Uh, so basically, after he wins the fight against Heihachi, uh, Lee basically tries to congratulate him and just starts clapping. I could now and then, take over. Yeah, and they all and they come together for a hug. But apparently, Combot just grabs his grabs him and, and then starts, starts spanking, spanking his ass. ass. And then just and starts he throws him. <laughs> he starts spanking him and then he throws him. It's fucking hilarious. I, I it was the first ending I saw. I had to see it. This is what the Terminator should have been, guys. <laughs> Terminator 2 would have been much quicker. It would have been a better movie. Better movie. It was the greatest movie. But the whole series. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Did the Terminator spank anyone? I don't think so. Okay, okay. He didn't spank anyone. But he was funny though. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Can't agree. Can't agree. No 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 Terminator spanking anyone. Sorry. Bad movie, guys. Man. All right. Sure. That's fine. That's fair. But aside from that Combat's ending, I think, was the best. Because it's so fucking funny. <laughs> not only that, but uh, this is like you're not expecting it at all. Which yeah, you is don't like, expect it. What? Uh, but yeah, that's basically all the endings and the story for this game. Uh, granted, there wasn't a lot to go over, but this game kind of does just get glossed over in general. Yeah. Um, Tekken Five story also fairly gets glossed over a little bit. I mean, at the the game itself doesn't. Though. The game itself doesn't, but That's the story the in that does. That's the preferred PS2 yeah. Tekken game that everyone plays. So, but anyway, guys, let's move on to the end. And here we are, the end of Tekken 4. So, um, yeah, I could see why this was the black sheep of the uh, Tekken family and why a lot of people didn't like it. But um, I still think it's a decent game. It's, a, it's not a bad game. I'd rather play any other game, though. Yeah, that's fair. But... Like, I'd even rather play 3. <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs> so That's fair. 
Um, but hey, at least we have uh, this game to look back on at least. Yeah. And it was still interesting to go through with you, um, as has been all the other Tekken games. And uh, now we are um, halfway through, and we're going to be moving on to five. Yeah. And I am super excited to do that. And also, uh, you guys pushed 500 to 600 really fast. Woo! Because uh, um, oh, when this episode is announced or released, uh, my plays have only been 582 in total. Yeah. So we are getting very close to 600, which I was hoping to break 600 during um, this. Like the Tekken series might be one of the most popular ones. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is um, becoming the most popular one. Um, Tekken 1 still has the most plays, and uh, the other two Tekkens have uh, getting very close to 20, which um, is still very nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, overall, it is... It's super, super good. Thank you guys for supporting me so much. Uh, remember, you can follow me on Instagram under Fighting Game History. And then uh, we have... Me. Uh, you can follow me, Mr. Burngum. <laughs> I'm not I'm not Mr., but, you know, whatever. Uh, my Twitch is BurnedGum. Uh, I'm going to actually start streaming on there soon because... I th- I'm pretty sure you could use the PlayStation camera as a, as a webcam. It might not be an amazing webcam, but it'll have to do because I don't have I don't I don't really have a m- much money to, to, to be honest. So it's gonna have to do for now. I'll I'll try my best uh, with the st- with streaming like regularly because um, I I really want to do that. That's the, that's the thing I want to do. So yeah. Yep, and uh, thank you guys for listening to this. I know this was a bit on the shorter side. And also remember, you still have the polls down below, uh, basically for uh, changing the name of this podcast um, for the one-year anniversary that will be coming up next month. So I am super excited to do the anniversary. I have at least three anniversary specials planned for... um, april to may and i am super excited to do those after i do the tekken series and uh two more games that i do plan on doing before um i start the um anniversary specials and i'm just super excited for it in general uh remember still put down what game you think you guys want me to cover and until next time i will see you guys in tekken 5 and remember the match is in your hands